the National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun, who apparently is going to work with extra clothes today. Vaughn, what is going on? <laughs> yes, Simi, I'm taking a bag full of old clothes with me because uh, at noon um, on the back steps of the legislature, I may be hit in the face with a whipped cream pie. So you, you don't know if you're going to be hit in the face with well, a whipped cream pie? Well, it's part of the great mystery on this thing. So Rob Shaw who you know very well, has organized as a fundraiser for his ride for cancer the idea that the MLAs and political staff at the legislature building would be just dying to hit members of the press gallery in the face with a pie. And he's talked a bunch of us into going along with this cockamamie idea. So me, Keith Baldry... Uh, Richard Zussman, Katie DeRosa of the Vancouver Sun, because she's also involved in the sun, in the fundraiser, and I love this. himself. So can there's you, five of us. Can this be like a traveling road trip? Because I would pay to do that here. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've just been going back and forth. And it, it, this is one of those things that you agree to because you're asked, and you and want you to appear it? to be a good sport. <laughs> and not a vain old crank uh, who is afraid of being made to look ridiculous, right? But as the day approaches, you start to worry about things. I mean, the first thing you worry about is how many pies am I going to take in the face, right? So I told a couple of the New Democrats that I've capped the number of pies at five, right? That's and then you start good. to worry, well, what if nobody wants to pie me? Like, what if they throw all the pies at Baldry, for example, right? Because he's more famous. So this is the kind of thing you worry about. But anyway, um, uh, by the way, the pies are not cheap. They're $100 a piece. This is wow. a, a price that Shaw fixed. I said, I said, Rob, this isn't a Christie Clark fundraiser, for God's sake. What are you charging $100 <laughs> a pie for? But he, according to Shaw, whose the list is in the speaker's office, there are 20 pies available. They are going to the highest bidder on if there's any leftover. Um, they're $100 a piece, and according to Shaw, who checked yesterday, there are 13 takers already. Like, So, you know, that's nice. That's uh, $1,300 for cancer and all that. Uh, only seven pies left. Uh, they're priced to move, according to Shaw. So, so what, you, you can get them on sale? Well, I don't know what he's going to do when he hits the thing. It, and he's promised us all, he's promised us all, like Baldry told me yesterday he's worried about <laughs> going on <laughs> global tonight with two black eyes because he's been hit in the face. Because <laughs> the pies are currently in the freezer in the press gallery. Like, so there's Oh, that's not pies. good. That is not good. So, you know, that's one of the issues. Um, anyway, Shaw says he's going to have smocks for all of us. Uh, goggles for all of us, so you won't be getting whipped cream in the eyes, and towels, so, uh, you know, if we can, we can re-quaff ourselves after it's all over. Um, I love and this. Uh, Baldry has asked Global's Jonathan to shoot the whole thing, so God I knows we'll probably this? be on the news <laughs> hour tonight. 
Oh, I'll be watching that for sure. Like, oh, heavens. How do I talk myself into these things? But anyway. I would encourage um, any of the Politico types over in Victoria that have access to buying these pies to please buy the last seven for Vaughn. We want to make sure he is adequately and well represented. We don't want you to feel, Vaughn, like you didn't get your fair share. So yes, I think that's... Let's uh, make yeah, sure that's, that happens. That's, that's where my ego has drifted yes. in the last 48 hours from what if I get too many pies to what if I don't get any pies? Yes, yes. I could see how that would definitely... Help. I, hope, I hope I get enough pies. Oh, I think you'll be just fine. Okay. You'll be just fine. I can't wait to see this. Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about this VC housing situation because... It's there's a lot of um, finger pointing and a lot of stuff firing around here. Yeah, so uh, BC Housing has stepped in on this and written a letter to Atira, the housing uh, provider, the number one housing provider on the downtown east side, and uh, BC Housing says it wants its two million dollars back. So among the many things we discovered reading this forensic audit by EY is that. Atira used $2 million uh, as part of its funding to buy a a single-room occupancy hotel at 303 Columbia on the downtown east side. So the $2 million, uh, the auditor discovered this, was money that was restricted. Atira was not supposed to use the money to buy something. They were supposed to return it to BC Housing because it represented the accumulated unspent surpluses from earlier subsidies that BC Housing provided to Atira. So BC Housing, a government agency, gives Atira money every year, subsidies to provide subsidized housing and housing funds it. But the deal is if, you know, they give them some money and it doesn't all get spent, it comes back to BC Housing. It didn't. Two million dollars, not a small amount. So BC Housing last week wrote a letter to Atira saying, we want our money back. We want the two million dollars back. And hmm, there's a letter back from Atira that isn't exactly a rush to respond to this Dunning letter. Uh, Tira says, yes, well, um, we still have the money, so don't worry about that. It's banked, right? And they said, um, yeah, we're open to paying it back, but um, you guys, first of all, at BC Housing, have to deliver a full financial accounting for the 2021 financial year, which they've not done. So it's kind of a reminder to BC Housing hmm. that isn't exactly been on the ball on this. And in fact, Really, we understand again reading the EY report that BC Housing wasn't even really aware of this money or asking for it back until the auditors came across it and went, hmm, this looks like a problem. So this kind of exposes the inadequacies of the relationship again and um, the, the, the missing $2 million. So yeah. it sounds like they're going to get it back one of these days, but it's not like they're in a rush to pay it. That same letter, by the way, uh, Simi, and this will relate to something you uh, interviewed the Premier about yesterday, um, that same letter strongly suggested uh, BC Housing to Atira that um, – there needs to be some leadership change at the top at Atira. And Atira has written back saying, we don't agree at all. We have complete confidence in our executive team, including CEO Janice Abbott. And um, no, we're not going to do that. 
So this is like... It blows my mind. It blows my mind, right? That they've got the premier, you know, telling them this. They've got the board chair of BC Housing telling them this. They've got the housing minister telling them this. And they're just doubling down? That's what they're doing. And it's really interesting, um, your interview yesterday with the premier. Because the premier comes on to talk about all this. And he volunteers to you that he's read Atira's initial no story here statement about the audit. Mm -hmm. And he says to you, he's very disappointed in Atira. And he doesn't believe that anybody who's read that audit report could possibly have reached the conclusions they did. So a very strong message from the premier himself. He says there needs to be change there. And there uh, you know, it's in the letter as well, but this is the premier talking. The housing minister refor- reinforced this yesterday, but there's no sign that Atira gets the message. They, I guess you could say they've been in such a comfortable relationship with the province, with BC Housing and with the New Democrats for so long that they just don't realize that the dynamic has changed directly, deeply changed. And, the, and these are some of these people are people that are kind of connected, right? Well, they are. You know, uh, one of the things I notice uh, reading uh, Francis Bueller's piece in the Global Mail this morning, and I didn't know this, uh, the government has been asking Atira, saying, hey, we need a representative on the board. Well, as Francis reports this morning, the board of Atira includes the wife of senior cabinet minister Bruce Ralston. So, you know, husband and wife don't necessarily speak the same thing. Certainly in the Atira-BC housing relationship, we saw that they did. But in any event, I mean, Atira is an organization that is very, very close to the interests of this government. They, This government tripled the amount of funding going to Atira on its watch. It accepted at the high policy level, because this stuff had to be approved by finance ministry as well, it, the government, the New Democrats, accepted that Atira was the chosen provider for social housing uh, and social housing programs. They are the number one provider of those programs of housing. And in many cases, they were direct awarded contracts. So this was a very cozy relationship. And what we're looking at is kind of the wrenching things that sometimes happen when friends fall out. That certainly seems the case. So this isn't over. Oh, it's not over. I mean, yesterday, you're looking at all this, and you're going, well, well, what kind of leverage does the government have to make Atira do what it wants it to do, like change the CEO and clean house and give back the $2 million and all the other stuff they're saying? Um, The government is over a barrel a bit because, first of all, they rely on Atira to manage a number of existing projects. And the premier, as you know, yesterday said, uh, look, I want people who live in that housing to know we're not cutting off the subsidies. Those projects wouldn't be operable without provincial subsidies. So they're not defunding existing projects. What they're saying is we're not going to fund any new projects through ATIRA until we have confidence in them again. And I think Atira is kind of suggesting that the government's bluffing. There aren't other agencies out there who can do this kind of work. And at some point, the New Democrats are going to have to come crying for help. 
Still, what a way to run a, a, a business or a nonprofit organization, right? To go to yeah. war with oh, the it's government. Fascinating. It's it fascinating. is. Uh, Vaughn, thank you, and hey, good luck today. Uh, okay. <laughs> I hope you get I'll all the pies. I'll in tomorrow <laughs> if I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm sure you will be, but I hope you get all the pies. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.